Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. All right, welcome to the Fee-for-Service Podcast. I have a good friend on and actually I, I, I did say last time I'm a client, I am officially a client because I use Dr. excuse me, Stephen Moskowitz and his law slash accounting firm and it's about uh we used it for the employee retention credit and we're actually just talking off air that we're going to look at quarter three as well so i can say so far very happy customer so that's full disclosure but he last time helped us a lot talk about the r d about the erc and the many different things that i'm not sure people were aware of Today, as promised, I'd get them back on, so I, I held them to it, is we're going to talk about retirement plans. So let's say hello and welcome, Steve. Welcome to the program. Stunning. Thanks so much for inviting me. I always like working with you. I have a great time. And I love talking about retirement plans. I, I use the terms interchangeably, retirement plans, pension plans. But the bottom line is these are so powerful. And to give you some idea, or big benefits you get with them. First, you save taxes. And it's funny, one of, the, one of the little jokes I have for the clients, I say, I'm gonna ask you a tough question. Would you prefer to pay more taxes or less tax? Or it says, ha ha, very funny, of course, less. And I say, do you have a pension plan? And they say, no. I said, well, you were laughing at my joke, but in reality, you chose to pay more than you have to. And some people respond, oh, well, you know, I have a 401k plan. So yes, I do. Ha ha on you. And I said, well, wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with that. And they're fine. But there's different varieties of 401ks. And there's other type of plans. And you can put in way more than that. So the bottom line is benefit one, you save a lot of taxes. And that most people at that point says, you know, you got me, sign me up. But there's more benefits too. That, that's how I got started. Was that first one? So. That's very powerful. That's, I mean, I mean, think about it. You have the choice to either a write the IRS a bigger check, or b write the IRS a smaller check, and write yourself a nice big check that you can use in your retirement. So number one, of course, everybody would rather put the money towards their retirement and have taxes, that's a no brainer. So that's the first benefit and it's a big one. Second benefit is your earnings are not taxed while the money is in the plan. So again, no brainer, the fund is gonna grow a lot bigger and a lot faster if it's not taxed. Tremendous benefit. Mm -hmm. Next, we have a cash flow benefit. Cash flow, cash flow benefit is with most tax planning, you have to go ahead and write the check by December 31st, year one, in order to take deduction in year one. Not so with most of the pensions. With most of the pensions, you have up to the time of filing the return plus extension. 
So in English, what that means is basically you get about three quarters of the way into year two where you can fund it, yet still deduct it from year one. So look at the power of that. You say, suppose, for example, you say, you know what? I had a great year and I made a lot of money. And, you know, I just really, really, really had to buy that Ferrari because it goes with my, my, my nice new boat. And I, I had the boat in the back of the house and, and I have the Ferrari in front and everything is wonderful, except I don't have any money to pay the taxes and I don't have any money to put in the pension. I say, panic not. We still have about three quarters of year two to earn money, put it in the pension and deduct it against year one. Not to mention the fact, if you're gonna do that, that is a basis to decrease your estimated tax payments. Because a lot of times we have cash flow and we say, well, you know, cash flow is really important. And sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. So the idea that we have this cash flow benefit is tremendous. And as, as we know, when somebody gives you something nice, some people say thank you, and lawyers usually say more, I want more. And that's what we want here. We want more. And what we have here is we say, okay. It has special protection under federal law. God forbid, suppose you get sued. It could be any type of lawsuit. It can be, God forbid, a malpractice suit, an automobile accident. You might remember that the wrestler Hulk Hogan, his son borrowed Hulk's car with Hulk's permission, went on a drive with his friend, and Hulk's kid had a terrible accident. Hulk's kid walked away from the accident without a scratch. His buddy became a quadriplegic. They sued Hulk. And Hulk said if they had gotten the amount of money they were asking for, because, you know, quadriplegic, round-the-clock care of a kid, that's really expensive, would have wiped out Hulk. Sometimes these things happen. Your pension, your retirement account, is exempt from this. The, if the plaintiff sues you and wins an amount in excess of your insurance, they can't touch your pension. And although I hate to mention his name, the yeah. poster boy for this has had a multi-million dollar judgment against him for a long time. And you know what? OJ hasn't lost one penny of his pension. And even if everything goes really sour for you and you have to go bankrupt, even the bankruptcy court can't touch it. And that helps with negotiations because suppose you get sued and somebody says, well, okay, you know, I, I got you dead to rights. And you say, well, you know, maybe you do. And if you sued me, uh, maybe you'd win. Well, guess what? I'm never going to pay you because if that happens, I'll just do a bankruptcy. I will keep my asset of pension and you're not going to get paid. However, you know, that's a lot of work for me and stuff. So in order to, to avoid all the work of the lawsuit and going through that, and I don't really want to do a bankruptcy if I don't have to, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a pittance and you'll take it and go away and think about it as a business person. If somebody owed you a million dollars, Sonny, and there's no question that you were owed this million bucks. But God said to you, Sonny, I'm telling you, you're never getting a million. You have a choice of 10 grand or zero. That's it. The future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Most prudent business people say, well, you know, I was owed a million. I don't really like getting just 10 grand on it, but you know, 10 grand is better than zero. 
And that's how you settle a lot of these cases. Because, you know, today everybody is so sue happy that you really have to protect yourself. So, so now, see, happened, now, you're, now you're coming from the angle, not, not necessarily an accountant, but a lawyer understanding the legal negotiation component. That's right. And you see, that's why, because, you know, I was a CPA before yeah. I was an attorney. As a matter of fact, the day I walked into law school, day one as a student, I already had a bachelor's and master's degree in accounting. I was already a CPA and I was already practicing in tax as a CPA. But I said, you know what? I could do so much more for my clients as an attorney because it, it's been my experience that a lot of times CPAs are big into the numbers. Give me your forms so I can move the numbers from one form to the tax form. I said, well, I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be a guy always saying, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. I want to be a guy who says, look, just like the stuff we talked about last time and talk about today. Look, there's so much I can do to save you taxes. Look at the Fortune 500. The Fortune 500 make billions with a B, and a lot of them don't pay any taxes legally. And one of the questions uh, I'll ask a new client, suppose I take mom and pop grocery store on the corner and I say, mom and pop, who do you think makes more money? You or Apple computer? And ha ha, oh, Apple computer, of course. I said, but guess who pays more taxes? Mom and pop, you do. So the, these tax laws aren't just for the Fortune 500. They're for everybody. And, and that's why in, in my career, it really has helped having mm -hmm. both disciplines of the CPA and the tax attorney. Because I say, well, wait a minute, look, this is fantastic for your taxes. But also there's asset protection. And, you know, some doctors go to great lengths, they'll come to me and they'll say, Steve, uh, you know, I'm scared to death about getting sued all the time. So I want you to set up something fancy in the Cook Islands and nobody can touch my stuff and do all this asset protection. And we can do that for you. But the problem is essentially what you're doing is if you're doing it properly and legally, you're stripping yourself of all your assets. I say, well, wait a minute, you're doing to yourself what you're afraid maybe somebody might do to you in the future if they, they get something in excess of your insurance. Whereas something as simple, and uh, let me tell you, a pension is way more simple than a, a trust in the Cook Islands. Plus then, you know, and sometimes people set up the trustees. And again, I wish everybody to have a happy marriage, but sometimes they'll choose the spouse to do something. And maybe that works out well when everything was set up, but some years go on. And maybe the spouse doesn't like you so much anymore. And they're all of a sudden they're in charge of all your assets. And they feel, well, you know what? You don't really need that new car. Your walking is very healthy. And there's problems where your best friend, there's problems. And they do all these elaborate measures. And a lot of times clients do that. And then if the measures work, they're unhappy with it. But look, you can do something as simple and legal and protected by federal law as a pension and nobody can touch it. That's better than an asset protection trust in the Cook Islands. It's legal and it's say, you can't touch it. And you know what? You got that big judgment against me. All right, well, I don't want to do the bankruptcy, but I can make you go away and still keep my pension. Mm -hmm. That is a good area to come from in negotiations, not to mention the fact lawsuits take years and they take a lot of aggravation on both sides. We can come and say, okay, look, you know what? You don't like some procedure I did. We're not going to discuss whether it's right or wrong or not. I can give you a small amount of money today. Go away. Mm -hmm. and, so let's and, go ahead. Sorry. And these are all things that, that come through. So the, the, the reason I'm so hot on the pensions is they do so much for you. And again, I start off with, hey, big tax savings, but there's so many other benefits too. You know, mm -hmm. income, asset protection. And go ahead, Sonny, you're gonna ask me something. Yeah, so so we have the four advantages you laid out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like a scenario and let's let's start to talk about some of the, the plans. So let's say I'm a one doctor office, my wife answers the phones for me and i have two employees 
what would you what would your recommendation be for like a retirement there something like a simple ira a sep i mean what, what would be some of your thoughts Let's do you have any kids uh in this scenario we have uh, one small child yes and how old is the kid six okay because one of the things that a lot of people overlook is employment of the kids now it's not the old joke of put the kid on the payroll Mm -hmm. It has to be fair market value for services actually performed. So one thing you can do is the holiday cards when you have the pictures. If you had to get a six-year-old model, you'd have to pay something for that. Mm -hmm. You can pay your own kid. And all of a sudden, you get some money out of your estate, out of your taxes, mm -hmm. into the kids who has his own brand new tax bracket. And then the kid can go ahead and have a pension too. And one of the things that we've done for clients, think of the beauty. If you start a kid on the pension, not to mention the fact teaching the kid the work ethic, do you realize by the time the kid graduates from college, instead of having massive student debt, that kid can have a fat account? Mm -hmm. I mean, think of the power of that. We did you don't that have with those massive loans. You actually have money. In, in, in the bank or the stock market or, or other investments, which we can go into too. So, so let me ask you this then. You, you pay, it's a six-year-old. How long does that, does that child continue to be paying taxes on that money at their, at their rate? When does that switch over to your rate? The age doesn't matter. It's income. So if that six-year-old becomes a movie star, he'll be in the top tax bracket. And if your okay. kid decides that work isn't for him, he'll always be in his little tax bracket. So it's, it's, it's money. It's not age. Okay. And boy, the, the, you, you gave me a great one here, Sonny. There's so much I can do with this. Mm -hmm. And part of it is you didn't tell me the age of the, of the dentist. Okay. So, let's take a young, let's say young dentist, let's say thirties, your early thirties, late twenties, okay. 31. So normally what I like to do, is multiple plans and in something that I like, we want to look at cash balance plans and we want to look at profit sharing plans and 401ks. And one of the things that, that I talked to here, I want to talk about the two ends of, of pensions. Mm -hmm. One, obviously the younger you start, the bigger your fund. So what I do is when, when we actually do these in practice, we actually have a, a session with a client where we actually take a, a presentation and we'll show them the multiple plans we can have. We'll say, look, here's the maximum contributions. And with some plans with the investments, you're more aggressive than others. So there's a, a lot of reasons to have multiple plans. Part of it's the investment part. Another thing, is that we say, okay, we have the young guy and the young guy, his idea is you have the, the longest time to put into it. Uh -huh. But another thing that I like about cash balance plans is you can put so much more in them than the other plans. Because most of the plans, you, there's a chart you can look at and you say, okay, like with this one, like with a, a SEP, you know, you got 25% of your the lesser of 25% of your income, or you know, it's going up to 58 grand, and that's that. With a cash balance plan, we bring an actuary in. And what we're doing here is we're saying, well, okay, I would like to retire at this age, and I'd like to have this amount of money. How much do I have to put in to do that? And that also helps on the other end of the scale, because sometimes what I'll hear from somebody, let, let's assume that we're talking with an older doctor. And the doc says, you know, I was one of these guys, I was working hard all my life and he's got a bunch of kids and he spent all his money. He says, you know, here I am. My, my son, the dentist is in his thirties and dad's in his sixties. And he said, oh, I guess it's too late for me, huh? Oh, no, no, no. With the cash balance plan, you have somebody in their sixties, you can put in hundreds of thousands of dollars for them. Because the older you are with those plans, the more money coming. Because remember, what you're doing here is these, you're bringing in an actuary. And you're saying, okay, I want to retire at this particular age. 
and I want to have an amount of this amount of money. And my goal is I want to have a lifetime benefit from this plan. So I could have an annuity or I could take a lump sum if I wanted, but the, the theory is by a certain age, I'm gonna have a certain amount. How much do I have to put in and what earnings do I have to have? So usually there you're a little bit more conservative on the investments because you're trying to say, well, okay, that's gonna affect the funding. Mm -hmm. And then that's what we actually do. We look at all the plans together and we say, what are you trying to do? And then typically you wanna max things and another thing that comes up all the time is people talk about Ross. Mm -hmm. as, as, as hot as I am on pensions, I'm not saying not to do the Roth. I'm just saying that Roth is my least favorite. And the reason it's my least favorite is because I'm all about getting the benefit now because maybe Congress will change things in the future. So the, the big deal with the Roth is, well, you don't get a tax deduction now, but you take the money out and you're not taxed so what i say is well the the benefit i see to the roth is at least your earnings are not being taxed mm -hmm. so what i would say is if we max everything else then we can have a roth and then there's different types we're we doing a roth ira we're we doing a roth 401k because obviously with the 401k we can put in a lot more than we can with the ira and that's just basically something else. And there's other things too that people talk about, like, well, there's these income limitations, but then there's the backdoor Roth where you say, well, okay, if, if I don't meet those with the income limitations, I, I, I set up the, the personal plan and then convert it over. But the bottom line is the best way to do this is you, we actually sit down and we chart all this stuff out and we say, here's the max you can put away. And sometimes I'll get a comment like this. Oh, well, I just don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So I say, okay, let's assume you're in the top tax bracket, federal and state. Mm -hmm. And let's assume that approximates about half. Although with the Congress and the way they're spending right now, and yeah. they want to raise the taxes, <laughs> depending on when you hear this podcast, it might even be more valuable than this. Because yeah, it might be 60%. Yeah. Sonny, do you remember when the government only used to give away billions of dollars? Yeah. Now everything is, is, is trillions with a T. Yeah. yeah. My God. Yeah. And, and that's why, by the way, the President Biden wants to go ahead and double the size of the IRS. They've already hired a lot more collectors and criminal agents, and he's given them all kinds of assets, and he wants them to raise trillions of dollars. So the stuff that we're talking about today is super valuable today. But if the tax rates go up, it's that much more valuable. But let, let's take simple math. Let's assume that your effective tax rate between federal and, and your states about half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we say, okay, you know what, I don't want to put in my plan, I don't have the money. I said, well, wait a minute. Think of it this way. For every 200 grand you put in, you're saving 100 in tax. So let's let's make it real simple. For this dentist, I recommend that he put in 200. He said, well, I don't have the 200. I, don't I say, okay, doctor, no problem. You don't want to put the 200 for yourself? No problem at all. Write a check for $100,000 to the IRS and the state instead of putting 200 for what wait a minute what what you mean I'd have to yes doctor so then they start to rethink because they the, the minute you know somebody says no that 200 there's no way that mm -hmm. I can do that and I say okay no problem pony up a hundred thousand dollars to the IRS and state so well wait a minute you mean of that 200 I'm putting away a hundred of it comes from taxes I don't pay. Uh-huh. That motivates people. But I don't have the money right now. Okay, so I have two answers for that. First of all, depending on when it is in the year, remember, you have three quarters of the way into year two before you have to pony up the cash. Mm -hmm. That probably would give you enough time to earn it. 
But suppose you're listening to this podcast right before that date. You say, Steve, that's next week. I can't earn 200 grand in a week. Then you might want to consider borrowing it. And the cost of the interest until you repay it is probably going to be way less than the taxes. Even that can be a consideration. So the, the bottom line is there's multiple considerations here with multiple plans. And that's what we look at. We show each plan what you can do here and then you know adjustments within it and i mean there's so many adjustments you can make like even if you look at a 401k and you say well we make that a profit sharing 401k then i can put the ceiling way above what it would be and then we say well wait a minute how do we do that and then even within the profit sharing there's different ways for example well how do we share that profit well there's one way where you can set it up by age so the older doctors get more than the younger ones. Mm -hmm. There's another way where it's pro rata, everybody gets the same. There's another way where you, you put in flexible characteristics, you can do that. So even within the plans, if we talked about a profit sharing 401k, even within that, we have multiple choices of what mm -hmm. we have this one, this one, or this one. That's why I like to do the old school in, in the office. We actually sit down now, let's sit down remotely. We sit down with the client and say, look, we have all these choices. We have a big menu and let's see what works best for you. And then we're always modifying this. And, and here's another one we want to take a look at. Suppose somebody has an exceptionally good year. For whatever reason, you have one year, just unusual. You did Boku this year. So you know what? Look at me. This is terrific. I did Boku. I had a very, very unusually good year. Mm -hmm. However, I don't want to pay Boku taxes. What can I do? There's a way where you can make multiple plan year contributions within one calendar year. And when the smoke clears, basically, you're taking several years of plan contributions in one year to offset that big gain you had. There's so much you can do there, son. Mm -hmm. So let so me ask you a couple of questions because you talked about the cash balance plan and and you know in four hundred one k. So I'm, let's let's take it down to like a person just just now who's just getting there, just starting to see some profits, and and they're saying, okay, I got to start looking at this. So and I, I've done a few of the things you talked about. So like. Sounds like when the actuary, you're talking about like a defi defined benefit plan. Is that a cash balance plan? A cash balance plan is a type of defined benefit plan. Okay. All right. So let, let's let's get some let's get some definitions then in, right? So we talked about you talked about a 401k, you talked about profit sharing, you talked about um, SEP. What are some of these things and what do they mean to the to the people in, in our shoes? Okay, so I kind of put them in a category where Congress lets you put money away for your retirement in lieu of paying taxes on it. There's a dollar for dollar reduction in your income. Right. And the real difference in the plans for the most part is the dollar limitations. Like in this plan, you have a ceiling of, of X. In this plan, you have a ceiling of Y. It's like we talked about, if you have a 401k plan, there's a ceiling. But if you make it a profit sharing 401k, it brings the ceiling up so very much higher. But that's why I'm, I'm so in love with these cash balance plans, because I'm the type of guy that I want to max everything. Mm -hmm. So basically, what we do when we do these is we'll actually show the client a chart and we'll say, you can have all of these plans and all these plans would add up to X if you can put that in. Now, if you can't, although you can have multiple plans, you don't have to max them. And also with the flexibility in the plans, suppose you have a situation where you have a bad year. Now what? People say, uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, am I stuck making those contributions? What if I have a bad year? Mm -hmm. That's why we monitor the plans during the year and then we can modify them. So you're not stuck like that. Then we have something else. You talked about the guy with his, his wife and 
One of the things yeah. I recommend is if possible, put the spouse and the kids to work. Remember, we're paying fair market value for services actually performed because they can have the pensions. I, I gave you the dramatic difference with the kid when he or she is ready to graduate from college. But what about other employees? Do you have to cover them? For the most part, yes. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, that's good because sometimes people call it golden handcuffs where you have some good people staying. Remember, I believe in, in treating your employees well, and you'll have good employees for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you don't treat them well, you'll still have employees, but basically people working for you are the ones nobody else wanted. So I think it's a good thing to give the employees something. But mm -hmm. as a practical matter, the owners of the business get the overwhelming lion's share. And usually what the employees are getting is a small percentage of your tax savings. Everybody wins, everybody wins. The employer wins, the employees win. And even with the government, this is something they're promoting because why should, why should we have laws like this? Because in a democracy, the government can't order us to do things they think are good for the economy. So how do they get us to do something when they can't order us? They give us tax incentives because the government is concerned. You know, look at Social Security and, you know, you, you look at the news and people say, well, well, first of all, if you're living just on Social Security, that's a tight budget. Mm -hmm. And even that, you know, you hear all these horror stories. Well, Social Security is going to run out of money by this year. And, and you know, if it really did and all of a sudden you, you have a tremendous number of Americans starving on the street, that's a big economic problem, not mm -hmm. to mention social problems. So the government says, well, wait a minute. If we can encourage you to put the money away, and when you think about it, the government doesn't seem to be able to handle the money, but you'd mm -hmm. probably be able to do a better job handling it on your own. Mm -hmm. And then with the investments, you can decide what type of investments that you have. Some people want to do self-directed things and they get into real property and precious metals and other things. Other people say let the broker handle it. And again, with the different plans, some are more aggressive, some are more conservative, or even within a plan, you can split it where some of that plan is more aggressive, some's more conservative, some's in between. And you do those things. So the bottom line is with the, and also with the plans, if you have the type of business where you have a lot of high turnover, you can exclude a lot of people if you want. I'm not necessarily recommending that, but it's, it's really a good thing that the employees are sharing something here. So in this scenario, let's go back to this scenario because I think we can hit on some things. So the dentist in that case makes 300 grand for the year. His wife gets paid 50. His child, because he models, they pay him 10. And he has two employees and they each make 40, 40 and 50. What, what would be some of the thoughts for that, that direction? So what, what I'd actually do the calculations and I'd show them on, on different plans. So I would take a look at the profit sharing 401k. I would take a look at the, again, I'm in love with the cash balance plan. The reason I like the cash balance plan so much, it, it's flexible. I would look at those. And then the other thing that I, I ask clients, when I take a new client, I ask, are you maxing out the plan you have now? So suppose, for example, you have a regular 401k plan. It's a nice, simple, regular one. And I'll ask the client, are you, are you maxing that? If the client says no, I'll say, why not? And if he says, well, because he's paying the tuition for his six kids and he's taking care of the medical bills for a sixth mother. And then I said, well, if you're not maxing out what you have, then you really don't need the fancier stuff. But then what I'll talk about is this. I said, well, well wait a minute. You know those six kids where you're paying the tuition? Wouldn't it help you if you could pay for that tuition with pre-tax rather than after-tax dollars? Well, of course, it's twice as much. So one of the things I take a look at is, especially now, with everybody you know, working remotely. You say, well, I'm a dentist and you know, your daughter's off in college. 
in halfway across the country, what could she possibly do for me? Well, her social media, she probably knows a lot more about it than you do. So you employ her to do that. And another thing is in the old days, businesses used to employ people to read all kinds of newspapers and magazines and clip things out that related to the company. Well, now you do the digital portion of that. And instead of writing a check to your daughter's or son's university, you write an employment check. Ah, when we wrote the check to the university, we didn't get a tax deduction, did we? When we wrote a check to your kid, first you get a deduction for the salary. Now, your daughter, your son is a much lower tax bracket. Ah, now they're eligible for a pension. So guess what? You're sending your kid to college, but it's costing you less in dollars and you're not incurring all those student loans. Once again, everybody wins. Because one of the things that, that I do when I talk to a client, I don't just talk. This is, this is a podcast, I got to talk. But when I am with, with a, a client, I listen. And when they, they make some statement like, I'm always listening for things. And statement says, well, I, I can't put any money in the pension because I'm paying the tuition for their six kids. Well, wait a minute. Could those kids work for you? Who does this for you? Who does, who does your insurance billings? Who does your booking? Who does this? Who does that? And you get those kids working for you. Sonny, that's such a tremendous difference paying for things before tax. And you're setting the kid up with a pension. And the, the difference is you're legally paying a lot less in taxes. So that's why, you know, it, and again, I'm, I'm confining myself to pensions on this one, but you know how I love to go off and spurt into some other area, but there's just a, a, a wealth of other areas that we might touch on here. Well, let's tell you, since you've mentioned it a few times, 401k, and then you talk about the 401k profit sharing, just, just talk about what, what, a, what a basic 401k is and then what a 401k profit sharing, what that means. And then, you know, in this scenario, if the guy has a 300,000, what's his, what's his max? Like, what are some of the things he can put in and some real okay. numbers? So let's talk about that. So let's assume that we have a 401k. Mm -hmm. So suppose we say, okay, I have a 401k plan. Maybe we put in max. It, and it, it, it goes up a little bit each year and there's also catch up provisions. So you say, well, all right, let's say I'm talking about maybe $26,000, $27,000. Okay. If I bump it up to a profit sharing, then maybe I have 64,500. And you say, wow, that's a big jump. Yeah, it is. And, and again, the, these numbers keep going up. Mm -hmm. So we say, well, okay, just by doing that, I almost tripled what I can put in almost. All right, close. Yeah. And the bottom line is then we talk about what about catch up? Well, if we're over okay. age 50, yeah, we can throw in, you know, another 6,500 bucks. That's me over 50. You don't, you don't look it. You just, <laughs> you just do that, but you don't look at you. Not, not a, not a day, not a day over. I remember when, I remember when they told me that I was like, catch up. Really? I could throw some more money in there. Put it in. Go ahead. <laughs> and again, that is your goal, putting more in. So even something like that, you say, well, okay, I can do the catch up. And it's like, if we go ahead and do that, that goes ahead and gets us more money. But again, what you want to do is you want to look at multiple mm -hmm. plans. That just gives us an, an example of, of the difference. Now, why is there such a difference in the profit sharing versus the regular 401k? Well, that's like you said, it's almost true. Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. Because 
our legislators in their infinite wisdom for we their children have decided it. Back when I started the practice, I was also a law professor. And I explained to the students that unlike physical science, dentistry, someone's going to have the same dental problem, whether they're living in a communist country or a free country. You know, if, if somebody in North Korea had a dental problem, it wouldn't matter if he's in North Korea right. or New York or California. Yep. But law is only what those in power at the time say it is. And somebody waves their hand and says, yeah, I agree. And boom, that's what the law is. These are just people that got together and say, okay, they pull things out of the air. That's what they said. And so it shall be. I mean, why is it that when you're driving your car, you stop when you see a red light and you go when you see a green light? Why? There, there, there's nothing in and of itself about green that means you should go and red you should stop. But somebody said, okay, we're going to have a convention that when you see red, you stop and you see green, you go. And that's it. And that's what we're programmed to. But there's no green in and of itself means that. Mm -hmm. You know, if we lived on another planet, maybe it would be the opposite way. Mm -hmm. So that's what you have here with these laws. So as a person, what's the difference to me? So the difference to you is how easy it is to administer. That's why you want to have these things done for you. And another thing that I like is you set this up as part of your payroll and have an automatic payroll deduction so you don't have to think about it because in in countries where some countries have a different philosophy with us with a lot of americans the philosophy is after you're done spending if you have anything left over you save that in some other countries the first payment they make is to their savings and then if they have something left over that that controls their spending so one of the things is with you, you know, you're busy in business that you, you don't want to have to be bothered thinking about it because it'll be so easy to miss. Just have an automatic payroll withdrawal. You don't even think about it and boom, it goes out of your account. It goes out of your general account. It goes into your pension account and boom, another payment's been made. But now, again, go ahead. Go ahead. no, to my employees in this scenario, I have well, technically, my wife is one, so there's three, and my child. So is there any difference to what it, what it requires me to do for my employees in the profit share versus the 401k? Well, we have to decide how we're going to do the profit share. Okay. So there's different ways to do it. One way you can do it is by age. So mm -hmm. basically older people get more. Another way is even Steven, where everybody gets a certain amount, same amount. Another way is a more flexible plan. And still another way is we have different groups say, well, this group gets this and this group gets that. Although you have to be careful with doctors because the government plays, pays a lot of scrutiny to that. Because in the old days, the doctors would set up these companies to basically exclude their employees. And the government said, no, 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 doctor. No, 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 you can't do that. You're laughing. I look like you're familiar with that, Sonny. <laughs> I heard it because that's the, that's the uh, highly compensated test, right? That's, yeah. that's, the, that's what we have to have. Our, so then, our and then, then the 401ks, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Like you have a safe harbor provision. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you have an actuary who actually does the calculation. Say, if you do this, you're in the safe harbor provision. So you don't have to worry that you're running afoul of the rules that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, and then also there's a vesting schedule or not a vesting schedule, right? Don't you have those options in setting up the plans? Yeah. So what some companies do with the plans is let's assume that you have a certain turnover. You say, let's say I have a certain clerical position and you know, those people just seem to come and go. So you have a vesting provision that you say, well, by the time your plan vests, you'll be long gone. So essentially what happens is those people never get the share in the pension and there's just more in the pension fund. And then it's, well, when does somebody vest means, well, if they leave, when can they take the money out? And then, you know, if you go to another practice, you can take it with you, or do you want to set up something separate? And, and 
basically to me the way i look at it is you know if i said sonny what's what's the best thing i could do for my teeth i know there's some general principles like you know brush and floss and don't eat hard candy and don't open bottles with your teeth and things but really what you want to do as a dentist is sit down and look in there and say well you have this and you should do that and your gums are here and, and so on and so forth and as a, a tax lawyer that's what i like to do i actually like to sit down with the client because when you talk about general principles that's where people really can be led astray because you know all these plans are good but some are better than others and what I like flexibility. I like being able to change. I like being able to jump in and saying, you know what? I had a great year and I'm going to put more in, or I had a bad year and I'm, I'm not. And I like to have that flexibility. So for me, what I think is most important rather than in general principles, all pensions are good, but I like to go in and say, look, here's all the, and we actually do that. We actually say, look, here's all the plans that would work for you. Here's the max you could put in. And then we work on the cash flow. Well, okay, can you put in the max? And then we talk about, you know, and it gets into financial goals. And it can be something like lifestyles. For example, I could represent twin dentists who have very, very different ideas of life. One dentist says, look, you know what? Life is now and I want to travel the world and I'm happy to live in a smaller house. And the twin sibling says, well, you know what? I want to retire early and I want to have a big nest egg and I won't have to worry. It's not one is right or wrong. If we go out to dinner tonight and we have different entrees, one isn't better than the other. They're different. And, and what I try to do is not just say, look, because I mean, as a financial guy, I don't just look at the numbers. I look at what do you want to do? I, I remember very, very early on when I was a brand new accountant at Pricewaterhouse. I talked to this financial guy and I really didn't like what he said. He said, when the price of steak goes up, you eat eggs for dinner. And I said, boy, that wouldn't be very satisfying and eggs are for breakfast. And what if I don't want that? And I'm making so little that that makes, that, that didn't make sense to me. I knew exactly what he meant financially, but it wasn't the type of lifestyle that I wanted to live. And one of the things I've also noticed too is as a financial guy, I'm different than a lot because a lot of financial guys will push everything to the last penny. And that's okay if that's the way you want to live. But for most people, it's not. So one of the things I do is I talk to them, I try to get an idea of their life, like you do as a doctor. And what do you want to do? What are your goals? And a lot of times I'll have siblings that'll run a business together, will come in, and they really have different goals. So I'll put one twin in the, the absolute max with the pension. And the other twin, I say, well, look, you know, we could do this, but I understand you, ha you have other goals. And as long as you, as you know what you're doing, that's fine too. But that's, that's why I really, really, really like to talk to people, get their goals and say, okay, if these are your goals, this is what works best for you. Okay. So the other one, the cash balance plans, you said, no, that's a part of a defined balance. Talk, talk a little bit about cash balance plans. And, and, and I guess if you want to relate it to the example we started, however, but what would be some so cash the, balance? The idea here in theory, yeah. in theory, what you're doing is you're saying, I want to have, when I retire, yes, I want to have a lifetime of payments mm -hmm. and I want to retire with a certain amount of money. So at my current age, I want to retire at some years in the future. And at that time, I want to have a fund of X. Right. And so if you say, point, listen, I want $5 million by the time I'm 65, right? Okay. And I say, okay. And how much do I have to put away now to mm -hmm. do that? And then again, we have the actuary looking at things like, and that's why when, especially with the older doctors, when they come in, when they come in, you know, it's like you have somebody in their sixties, they can start off putting away hundreds of thousands of dollars because by definition, if a guy comes in at 60 and he wants to retire at 65, 
he's got to put in a lot more money mm-hmm. right now than a guy that comes in at 30 and says, I want to have the same number when I'm 65. Game changing, yeah. And then we, then we also take in the earnings because we have to adjust for the earnings because if our earnings go up, then we have to adjust down our contributions in and vice versa. So we look at that. That's why a lot of times we're looking at different plans, some being more aggressive, some being more conservative, some in between, or even within the same plan, we can have a mix of that. And then we make the decision, well, do I want to take a lifetime of annuities, which could be another whole podcast, or do I want to go ahead and you know take a lump sum? Or another thing that people will do, some people say, well, you know what? I'm going to do a cash balance plan. This is a fairly popular one. I'm going to do a cash balance plan for about a decade. And then I'm going to take that and I'm going to roll it over into another type of plan. Those are possible too. So again, it's, it's what fits for you. Just like if I sit down in your dental chair, I mean, obviously you have an idea of dentistry and what you're going to do, but what you would do for me would be different from the, the patient you see before me and the patient you see after me. And that's what we're doing here. But I, again, I, I'm, I so like those cash balance plans because I like the flexibility. And a lot of times in business, things change quickly and you need to be able to say, hey, look, I need to do this or that. Okay, so someone who's looking at this for the very first time, they're just literally getting their head above water saying, oh, okay, I should look at retirement. What would be like, what would be some of, just what would be your, your um, retirement plan 101 talk? Retirement plan for dummies. How about that? Retirement plan for the enlightened. <laughs> be going and, to be enlightened. <laughs> well, first question I, I would ask, Assuming we don't have health challenges or other life things like divorce, mm-hmm. divorce really plays havoc with a financial plan. But assuming that we don't have a divorce and assuming we, we you know, health is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. How old do you be? When, how old do you want to be when you retire? Another question I ask is, do you want to work like crazy and then one day pull the plug? I usually recommend against that. One of the things that I, I like with retirement, what, what I've discovered for people in all walks of life, if you work hard all your life, unless you're really, really, really into something else, you know, unless you're a guy that says, you know what, I want to play golf every day and I live on the golf course and yeah. I, I, I play in the morning and I play in the yeah, afternoon. 36 holes a day, yeah. Yeah, but unless you're a guy like that, what I have found with an awful lot of people, they didn't really need to retire. They needed a good vacation. And what happens, they retire, and a few months later, they're bored. They're looking, I'll work for free. What can I do? Or they have health issues because now, like a body part, if you don't use a body part, it goes away and you can't. If you lay down in bed for a few months, you won't be able to get up. So one of the things that I talk to people, say, number one, if you, if you go to uh, your, your dream location on vacation, you want to retire there, don't buy a real property for a year. Get an apartment there. See what it's like when you have to go to the grocery store instead of the fancy restaurant because you're only there for a week or two. Another thing I like to do with business owners, rather than just pulling the plug, one of the suggestions is when you feel you're ready to slow down, instead of saying, that's it, I retire, goodbye forever, try a week a month. See how you like it. Because if you do a week a month, that's nine calendar days. That's almost a third of a month. And see how you like it. And if you like it, try two weeks a month. And if you like that, try three weeks a month, almost like a doctor taking you off a narcotic, you know, we're weaning tapering, you off. You're getting off the steroid. Yeah, you're tapering. We're, 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 yeah, we're, we're tapering you off the drug, which is work. And to a lot of people, it's like a drug. And then if- You're, you're sort of describing me, by the way, because I, I do. I'm, I'm like, you know, gas it or, or just shut it down for a week. You know, like it's a little OCD, I think. Go ahead. Oh, that, that's a good thing, Sonny. And what happens, you say, well, okay, you know, if we're now taking off three weeks a month and you say, ah, gee, that, that week is coming in where I have to go back to work. Now we know this is the time to say, 
this is it, I've worked hard, it's time to completely pull the plug. On the other hand, if you're taking off a week or two and you're checking your emails every five minutes and you can't wait, to, is it Monday yet? Is it Monday yet? Maybe retirement isn't for you. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I recommend. And then it's financing it. Well, what do you want to do? And then it also gets into estate planning. Some clients will talk about everything for the kids. They live for the kids. Other clients say, you know what? You give money to kids, it ruins them. The, the latest one I saw with that is the basketball player, Shaq. And you know what Shaq told his kids? He said, he's telling his kids that he was rich, but they weren't. He doesn't believe in giving. He says, make your own money. Yeah, so right. the bottom line is, you know, that's part of it. Because then you're also looking at, depending on what you have on your estate, are you looking at a program of lifetime giving or not? For example, you have a situation where right now we have $11.5 million exemption on our gift and estate taxes. President Biden wants to radically change that. So, you know, I've heard things anywhere from, he wants to drop it down anywhere between a million to six million. What, 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 what's it going to be? So that's something else that you'd plan where you say, well, all right, I now have this sum of money and how old am I and what do I want to do with it? If, if for example, we had a situation where our state tax laws were changing and let, let's, let's make up a number and you say, suppose I had $11 million and the exemption dropped to 1 million, I'd have a taxable estate of 10 million. And if I go ahead and pass that in my estate, if the estate tax is half and I left it all to my kid, well, I'd be given 5 million to the IRS and I'd be given 5 million to the kid. I didn't want to do that. I want to give 10 million to the kid. So you watch that and you say, well, okay, if these laws are going to change, it's called a program of lifetime giving. Maybe I want to give him or her a gift now because I have way more than I'm ever going to need. I don't want the government getting half of it. On the other hand, sometimes, and it depends how you feel, I'll, I'll counsel clients and say, well, maybe, maybe you shouldn't give the money away because if you do, maybe your kids will change the way they are with you. Or maybe, and I've seen this, you know, parents are so afraid of state taxes, they give everything away, then they need some money and they go to the kids and, and beg them for it back. And sometimes the answer is no. So that, that's why I think the big difference between me and most financial guys, most financial guys, they'll give you the correct answer for minimizing the dollars involved here. But I say, well, wait a minute. Let's talk about lifestyle. Like if you, if you talked about, you know, food. As a doctor, you could probably say, well, look, to keep you alive, you really only need a little bit of food. You know, a certain amount of soybeans would probably keep us alive. But you know, Sonny, if you take me to dinner and you just give me soybeans, I'm not gonna be real happy. So I know a steak costs more than soybeans, but it's worth it to me. And, and that's what I don't wanna get lost in this, where it's not just doing the maximum dollar. I'll tell you what the maximum dollar is. But then we decide, do you really want to do that maximum dollar? Or do you want to do something differently? That is what I think is, is very important. That's what most financial planners and most tax guys miss. They just give you the numbers. They don't look at the lifestyle. I, I do both because it's, I want people to be happy. Not, you know, the day they walk out of the office, well, I saved all this money. And then, oh my God, what did I do? And, you know, I can't afford to go on that vacation now. No. You know, what's funny, Steve, is I, I, my wife and I just did this recently and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be 58 this year and I couldn't answer some of the questions. I, I couldn't like, I, I've never thought, and, and my, my thought was always, listen, if, if the financial planner said, listen, put away a hundred a year, my goal was, well, I'll do 150, you know? So always overachieve kind of, sure. kind of a mindset, you know? So I always work in the opposite direction. Tell me what I should should save and then I'll put more away. So then I'll be pleasantly surprised in the end, it's not 3 million, it's 5 million or whatever it is. Sure. I have a hard time of going backwards. And also because I don't know when I'm going to retire. 
because I'm enjoying it and I'm having fun. It's, it's, it's still really exciting. I love it. And I don't see myself turning that corner anytime in the near future. However, I have, you know, made plans for it. So I, I think that that's a, that's a daunting test. And if, and if I'm 25, 30 and I got one kid and I'm thinking, wow, I, I don't know how to put, put um, numbers or times that's real, that's real, that's tangible. You know, that's a, that's a challenge for a young person. Right? It's a challenge for everybody. And I mean, look at Warren Buffett. Right. It was a he's challenge 90. for me as an old guy, right? So that's a challenge for you. <laughs> he, he's 90 and Kill I don't think he's working because he needs the money. And, and, and look at him. He was, he was interviewed recently and he was complaining about one of his employees that took a premature retirement. The employee was only 103 when he left. And, you know, again, but if, you know, you as a doctor know, if you enjoy your work, that's probably really healthy for you. Yeah. And, you know, physically and mentally, you'll probably be better off than if you're sitting around watching I Love Lucy reruns. Yeah, I don't like golf that much, trust me. So, you know, again, that, that's why the, the personal element gets so yeah. much in. Yeah. And if you have somebody that just hates their job, maybe you don't need retirement maybe you need a different job so again that that's part of what i do and, and again that's the big difference because most financial guys don't and i know we all have these forms and a new client comes in and they hand you this this form and say oh am i back in medical school here what, what is this so let, so let me ask you a question so with a guy like me, would you off, would you say, okay, here are a couple of scenarios. If you don't really know when you're going to retire, or you have an idea and your lifestyle is not extravagant, it's going to stay, you know, similar. Um, you know, here, here's one scenario, put away this, you know, X, and then it can grow to this, or you can put away, you know, X plus Y, and it goes to this. And if you like with some, you know, changing those parameters a little would that be a, a helpful you have just described the first meeting we have with clients because what we do is first we get hey, you want to hire me <laughs> sure and first we get their information yeah and then we actually sit down with them and i literally have a chart and i say look here's all the things you can do here's the maxes but what do you want to do that mm -hmm. is a very very important part of our first interview mm -hmm. Here, here's all the things you can do. What do you want to do? And that, that's why I always use the example of the, the twin brothers or the twin sisters, where a lot of times they really have different goals in life and different goals mean different plans, not just the here's the max and, and that's that. These, these are human beings you're dealing with mm -hmm. and people like and dislike different things. That's why we go ahead and do that. Well, let's, let's wrap it up. So, um, would you uh, uh, any last words of advice that you want to offer or uh, it could be young or old i mean we've got a yes i have a wide I have advice, range of I have advice for everything let's hear it baby we all work really hard in our chosen disciplines and i, I always use the example with clients i would never try to do their dentistry that's the actual example that i, I give them and That's a good I, idea, by the way. Not not doing very, very good idea. You know, the state authorities are happy with that. The, the potential it's, patients. It's, That's a real, a real good, idea. good idea. Yeah, they you don't have that aisle at Home Depot, so this is a good idea. Yeah, yeah they don't have that aisle at Home Depot. <laughs> so what what I would say is the most important part is talking to an experienced professional, getting all the options, and then choosing what works for you. And it's different for it everybody that is what i'd want if, if i have to have one thing taken from our, our meeting today that is what i want to really think choosing what is right for you we'll show you all the options and then we choose what's right for you including what's right for you now with the flexibility that what's right for you now much like a suit that fits you perfectly when you're 30 might not fit you all that well when you're 60. Mm -hmm. so you go ahead you make the alterations you make the changes. That's what's so very important. And in knowing you have the ability to change, to be what you are and make you happy. That is the number one point I'd ask listeners to take from this. Well, as a, as a novice person um, in this area, I will 1000% agree with you. And I think 
what you said multiple times in this podcast too was how you like flexibility and yes. being you know 58 and having had you know my business change and morph and partners and, and we have different designations we've we've taken advantage of that flexibility and it's and now I am and I'm looking back on it and I'm very glad that we had the flexibility so I can't I can't agree with you more and you're the, you're the expert but I can say living proof that it's a smart way to go thanks so thank that. you appreciate so had a great time thank you very much always good always good I, I could I could keep going I've got like a bunch of things I keep going as so you. could I that, that's about I could you know it's like I, I don't know if you know or not but I also do a lot of television and radio appearances uh -huh. and uh, what I always say is you'll never have a problem with me until you want to take the camera away. <laughs> well, I guess with that, we're going to take the microphone away. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll look so, forward to doing our next one. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the fee-for-service dentist podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.